It really just gave me the freedom to embrace, this is what I'm doing, this is who I am, I'm not hiding, I am not going to try and change to fit into any any category or any ideal, and you can take it or leave it. Thank you so much for sharing your time with Alopecia Life today. Our guest is Yannicka Olin. You may remember her from a bonus episode back in season one. I'm so glad to have her back at an exciting opportunity where she will perform her one-woman show, I Am Perfect, next week in New York City. Yannicka is a Swedish-born actress and TEDx speaker and is known as Hollywood's bald blonde. I'm super excited to share this interview with you and to have you learn more about all Yannicka is doing to encourage her audience to examine disempowering thoughts about identity, beauty, and labels. This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need do alopecia your way. Yannicka, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Thank you so much. I am super excited to have you. We've we've been talking over the years about the different projects that you have going on, and I would love it if you could share a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah. Well, I... I live in Los Angeles. I work as an actor. I was born and raised in Sweden. And I've been in Los Angeles for about a decade. And yeah, and then I started losing my hair in 2013 and went completely bald in 2014. And of course that was life changing and challenging, but ultimately, by choosing to embrace it, I ended up getting more work and different work, which then led me to uh, do a TEDx talk in 2018. And from that, developing my one woman show, I'm Perfect, which I know we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just such a brief description of, of all you've done. I feel like, yeah. like immediately you started to kind of work on your ideas about femininity and about what hair represented to you really early on, right after your diagnosis? Yeah, it, I think it well, obviously, when you get confronted by, by that losing your hair, it really went, for me, it it became such, well, it is such an internal process, right? Mm -hmm. But really getting confronted with your identity and all the beliefs that we have had and grown up with that I didn't even know that I had. It was just how life was as a woman. I realized how attached I was to my hair and the fact that it had to be long, it had to be extra blonde in order to feel like I was the typical Swedish (laughs) girl, which I felt like I guess I had to uphold that stereotype. And I didn't even know that that was in the background. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, just having 
long hair in order to be seen as pretty and feminine. So getting confronted with that was big and really knowing, oh, yeah, wow, what a, what a, what a journey to mm -hmm. go on. Yeah. And I love that you are known as Hollywood's bald blonde. I think that that <laughs> is, there's such humor in that, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that and how that kind of title became. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes I just think we download information from above. We don't even know where it comes from. But the fact that I did choose to embrace my baldness right away, even though I had, of course, all the fear of never booking any work. Mm -hmm. But I knew that if I were to hide, there would be something within me that would be stuck. Mm -hmm. I would constantly be worrying if people could tell that I was wearing a wig. Right. And I knew I wanted to be free. Mm -hmm. So embracing that and knowing that wigs could be added on as part of self-expression and for work. Yeah, it really just gave me the freedom to embrace this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. I'm not hiding. I am not going to try and change to fit into any, any category or any ideal. Mm -hmm. And you can take it or leave it. Yeah, love that. And in the beginning, did you feel like before you had kind of come to this point of of acceptance that you were kind of grappling with that going, okay, you know, what am I going to do in my professional life? You said yourself, you know, that you didn't feel like you would get work in the beginning. And then you did the work to kind of get through that. But w were there times that that you just they looked at you and said, Oh, I don't know if this is going to work. You know what, no one has ever said anything to my face. And I've never heard anything through my agents about it. Everyone's been really respectful, but so I can't really say, but I, I do remember my very first audition I had with my bald head. It, it was for a music video and I can't remember who it was for, but it was very therapeutic and scary at the same time to be standing there lip syncing to this song and I had my hair on and then to just remove it. Mm -hmm. And I just started crying, but not out of sadness. It was right. just the standing in your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And that sense of liberation, right? You go, oh, yeah. wow, this is literally in front of a camera where a lot of people are going to potentially see this. Yeah. 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 And it's such an internal thing, right? We're thinking all of these things, I'm not going to be able to get work. I'm not going to, you know, maybe find a partner, all this stuff yeah. that kind of just filters through, like you said, life growing up, um, our outside things, and especially in Hollywood, right? I mean, there, it's, it's all based on appearance. I mean, would you say that? Am I accurate in that? Because I'm, I'm speaking from a little bit of ignorance because I'm not in it. No, it, it is true. You do notice it. It's just more concentrated here, I think, and not necessarily even in the industry. It just permeates everything, mm -hmm. uh, and and because of because American entertainment is is global. Mm -hmm. uh, it does whatever we see represented in TV and film here reaches across the world. So we do get a skewed idea of what beauty is supposed to look like through what is 
basically being cast and produced here. Mm -hmm. And I think it can be very damaging. And then we see it, of course, on social media and Instagram with all filters and the uh, crazy editing of, of pictures and video now that it's just... It, yeah, it really has nothing to do with <laughs> with hair or no hair at the end of it. But it's just these unrealistic expectations, yes. right? I mean, you were yeah. looking at, like you said, the filters and things like that. And you're like, oh, my gosh, have you noticed that there are a lot more folks who are on social media that are expressing, you know, positivity about their alopecia? I mean, I, I feel like that's probably in the last two or three years, much more than any time in my life. Yeah, I feel like it's been popping up a lot, which is a beautiful thing because you mm -hmm. feel there there are people that are more open now about being open mm -hmm. and which then other people get to look up to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it promotes that that sense of freedom that we can go, oh, okay, look at what she's doing, look at what he's doing. And, and I think especially, I mean, we talk about um, you know, women in because you and I are women, but but you and I both know that this is not just isolated to women, right? I mean, men are dealing with hair loss as well, autoimmune hair loss. And, and so I think that being having that represented on social media is really important, too. Yeah. And, and I think in, in one way, it might be even harder for boys and men in the sense that it might not naturally be okay for them to share about it in a way that women can kind of find a community and support. Yeah, a lot of men, it's, it might become more internalized because everyone's going to be battling against the, you know, what is, what is seen as attractive. Mm -hmm. And a bald head isn't in our original like pop pop culture right but we, which isn't true of course mm -hmm. yeah we're talking about it and i think that the more we talk about it and and include men in our conversations that that can be you know seen as an openness to for them to come out and say hey you know yeah i'd love to talk about this because that is something that that i'm running into it's you know a lot of men don't, they'll say, yes, absolutely. I want to talk to you on your podcast. And then, you know, I get ghosted, which is a bummer. But yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot of that. And it takes me a little bit of extra effort <laughs> to yeah. have them talk about their experience. So yeah. Yeah, because it takes being vulnerable mm -hmm. and stepping into that. Right. Something also that our culture doesn't necessarily scream. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, on the other hand, I'm like, yes, give it to me. I will answer anything. I will be open. Yeah. And I think once we do, I mean, I mean, you know, for yourself, and I know for my own experience that we, yeah, once you start talking about it, you go, oh, there was so much that I didn't realize was under all of this, right? And then you start talking about it. And you're, it's kind of like you're processing out, out loud in the very beginning. And then, um, and then there's those quiet moments when you're encountering people that, you know, have interesting questions for you, and you, we get to analyze those and, yeah. and come back. So yeah, I would love to hear all about I am perfect. Actually, it's I'm it's not I am it's I'm <laughs> perfect. I would love to hear all about kind of the origin story, and then go to kind of where we are today. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm Perfect was born out of my TED Talk that I did. And I 
again, it was that thing of feeling like information from above is being downloaded. Mm -hmm. And it was a process, of course, writing that and, and shaping it along the way. So it is obviously centered around my hair loss journey and dealing with medical professionals in different countries and feeling isolated and alone and all that. But it really is, it is a show for everybody as it deals with what we get confronted with when we feel like, oh, if I'm losing a part of my identity or what I thought was a part of my identity, then who, who am I? Who am I underneath all these beliefs that we hold, the conditioning we have? many times that we don't even know that we are walking around with and how limiting and disempowering the conversations often are that we have about ourselves, mm -hmm. whether we're looking in the mirror or not. So that's really what I wanted to shine a light on so that you as an audience member get to hopefully be taken on this journey of, of looking inside to see what your disempowering beliefs are about yourself and who you are in the world. And I mean, the intention for me is what, what if we could just walk out into the world, you know, outside the comfort of our home and just kind of be free and have free to be who we are and to fall in love with the things that make us different, whether it's a, a visible thing or not. Right. That would just change the change the world. Yeah, it absolutely would. And I love that your your focus is really on these disempowering thoughts, right? That that kind of form us, like we talked about earlier. But that makes it such. You're talking very specifically about alopecia in a sense, but you're really broadening the scope of the audience that it can reach with with all of that for sure. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So where are you now? You have a a big. Um, is it going to be a Broadway debut of I'm Perfect or? Off-Broadway. Off-Broadway. Okay. Yes. Tell us more about that. Yes. So I was selected by United Solo, which is the world's largest solo theater festival. Awesome. And they are having the festival annually, typically, mm -hmm. <laughs> at Theater Row, which is an off-Broadway theater's on 42nd Street. So I will be performing on October 14 there. And that is just very exciting to it get is. to. I've been yeah. selected to be a part of that and also to have that opportunity to bring I'm Perfect to the East Coast. Awesome. Where would you like to see it go next? I mean, this is like, I, I don't want to like take you out where this, I mean, this is pretty amazing and awesome. So congratulations for that. But where would you like to see it go from, from October 14th? That is a very good question. I, I would love to take it to, to Europe, to London. I used to live in London. I would love to take it there and perform and also to Sweden, which is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. And what I have also been thinking about lately is to take it not as a show, you know, like, but to be able to take it to schools and um, mm, yeah. different corporate companies as a very entertaining type of keynote. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. That's really cool. I yeah, totally picture that. And what is it like to work as a one woman show, right? Because you don't have the, the extra support of speaking to another body in front of you. Yeah, it's, it's weird, <laughs> for sure. And you do feel a little schizophrenic. And it's, it's terrifying, of course, mm-hmm. um, knowing that as soon as you go on stage and you have a whole audience out there, you can hear them. And you know, as soon as you go through that curtain, you can't press pause. Mm -hmm. It's like the play button has been pressed. And then that's, and it's terrifying, Mm -hmm. but that is also where life happens, right? When you, I mean, some people will jump out of an airplane and (laughs) do all these things to feel alive because you have to be present. And that is, what that's like for me. And it's really funny as you are obviously speaking, not just speaking lines, but being present and behaving and playing characters. There is the other part of your brain that judges everything. And you're having a conversation with yourself at the same time. It it feels very, very strange. Totally imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. And it is lonely in the sense that yes, you don't have a partner, the audience becomes your partner. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and and especially when you're touring, you you bring your set with you pretty much and, Mm -hmm. and get all that all that done. So it's a different beast for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. So as you're talking about audience, that is really interesting to me to think about different audiences in different countries. First off, did you do an online performance during the pandemic? I did. Well, I first, I think October 2020, I performed at Santa Monica Playhouse as part of their Best of Fest Mm -hmm. series. So I was in the theater with the stage manager and two camera operators Mm -hmm. and I was playing to camera which was very strange like no audience and you're playing into camera in a theater so that was being live streamed okay and then I went to the white fire theater in Sherman Oaks in March 2021 yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, to record the show which was then going to be uh, streamed not live, but recorded streaming as part of the LA Women's Theater Festival. Okay. And that was also, I mean, it was a beautiful experience and it wasn't as strange as I thought it was going to be to play into camera and not having the audience there. But because I had done the show before, I kind of naturally knew where laughter tend to happen Mm -hmm. so that I could hold the space for that. Cool. I imagine you do pauses, right? When, when that happens, you pause and then you let the, the audience on the other side, you know, in their homes, just laugh and then you move on. So I bet that is kind of a very different experience. And I imagine that you would prefer to be in front of a live audience. Am I right in that assumption? Yes. Well, <laughs> the en- the beauty of theater and live theater is that the energy, and even if you are an audience member, the the collective energy you have with other people knowing you are watching the same thing Mm -hmm. but everyone has their own experience right 
And I think that's such a beautiful thing, knowing that you're in this physical space together with a lot of people, whether you're the performer or the audience member, and you share something for that specific moment in time. Yeah. And it, it gets to have a very different effect on, on different people. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I am super excited. And I think we're all wishing you the best of luck on October 14th and beyond. And I just want to know how can people find you when they're looking for you? Yes, Instagram is where I'm most active. Okay. And I don't know if you will link Yep, I'll put all of it in the show notes. But yeah, if you want to say it, just in case someone's like, I got to look her up right now. (laughs) It's uh, at Yannicka.Olin. Okay. Yeah. And again, I will put all of that in the show notes. And I've also got Yannicka's TEDx talk here that I can link in the show notes as well. And I'll put all the information about the show that's coming up if you are in New York or the surrounding area and want to go check her out. It's going to be amazing. So, and I just want to say thank you again, Yannicka, for being here with us today on Alopecia Life. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. You bet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you happen to be in New York City or the surrounding areas and want to go see Yannicka's show next week on Friday, October 14th, the United Solo Ticket Sale link is here in the show notes for your convenience. To learn more about Yannicka, watch her TEDx talk, or read her interview with The Hollywood Reporter, check out the show notes below for all those links. I've also attached a link for Andy Grammer's music video, Damn It Feels Good to Be Me, where Yannicka is featured being all she's worked to become. What a fun video to watch. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is meant for general information purposes only. If you are enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review for Alopecia Life wherever you download and listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to alopecialife.com to find out more information on courses and